The Pitch Pine Daughter of the Norse King Written by the Reverend John Gregerson Campbell and read by David White When the Norsemen came and their visits were frequent and numerous to this country and these islands to lay claim to take possession of the land, the fame they gathered for themselves through their indulgence in every manner of cruel spoliation and slaughter of the people wherever they landed was that they were bold, courageous, hardy, rough, preemptory, and unscrupulous race. And more than that, it was attributed to them that they practised witchcraft, charms and enchantments, and had much of other unhallowed learning among them. The Norse king's eldest daughter was particularly noted for her knowledge of the black art. There was no accident or mischief that befell friends, or destruction that overtook enemies, or any luck or good fortune that attended either friend or foe, but it was said that she was the cause of it, or had some hand in it. She was famed at home and abroad, far and wide, for her skill among cows and cattle. She was said to possess every variety of dairy knowledge in her father's kingdom. There was no charm or evil eye that fell on any living creature in the fold but she could dispel and avert, nor hurt nor injury that got but she could heal, nor dizziness nor fits into which they fell from which she could not restore them, until it was said of her that the lowing of cattle and incoherent cry of calves and the rough crying of yearlings was to her the sweetest and most soothing music and that she could answer the call of cattle, though she might be lost in the midst of the northern woods, and the cry from the northernest part of the farthest quarter of the universe. She knew the herd that had the property of taking its qualities from milk, as well as she was acquainted with the spells by which its virtues could be restored, and every charm and invocation that was practised or then esteemed. The flowers of the meadows and woods were as familiar to her as the ridges of corn or grain on straw, and there was not a leaf or tree, bush or shrub with whose properties she was not acquainted. Her father's kingdom was clothed with pine wood, which was then as now famous for the fine quality of wood from which most of the wealth of the kingdom was obtained. One of those times when the Norsemen came to Scotland to take possession of and subdivide the land thus taken. They observed the pine wood of Loch Aber was growing so fast and extending so far that in time it might supersede the black forests of Sweden. But on this occasion, the northern forces were driven back. On reaching home, they reported the matter to the king, and their opinion that the increase of the wood must be checked, otherwise its northern woods would be of little esteem. It occurred to the king to consult his daughter on the matter, since she was learned, and to get knowledge from her of the best method of thinning and destroying the Scottish wood. She gave him the desired information, but said that she must be the bearer of the method, and must necessarily go to Scotland herself. She obtained the king's permission and made preparations for the journey. From the gifts she possessed, neither sea nor land, air nor earth could hinder her progress until she accomplished her purpose. When she reached Loch Aber, the method she adopted 
was to kindle a fire in the salvage of a dress. And she then began to go through the woods as she could travel in the clouds as well as the ground. When she ascended and whirled in the air, the sparks of fire flew from her dress and were blown hither and thither by the wind, setting the woods on fire until the whole country was almost in a blaze. And so darkened by smoke that one could hardly see before them. And from being blackened more than any tree in the forest by the smoke and soot of the fiery furnace which surrounded her, she was known and spoken of by the name of Dark or Pitch Pine. The people gathered to watch her, but from the rapidity of her ascent and the swiftness with which she descended, they could not grasp her any more than they could prevent her and were at a loss at what to do. At last, they sought instruction from a learned man in the place. He advised them to collect a herd of cattle in a fold, Wherever she would stand still, and whenever she heard the lowing of the cattle, she would descend. And when she was within gunshot, they were to fire on her with silver bullets. She would become a pile of bones. They followed this advice and began to gather cattle and follow after her until the pinfold, large and small, were full set in the centre of Kintail. Whenever she heard the cry of the herd, she descended, and they aimed at her with a silver bullet, as the wise men told them to do, and she fell gently among them. Men lifted the remains and carried them to Lochaber, and to make sure that, dead or alive, she would do no more injury to them, they buried her in Ochnagari. The Norse king was amazed at her daughter not returning, and at his not receiving any account from her. He sent abroad to get tidings of her, when the news of the disaster that happened to her was brought to him, he sent a boat and a crew to bring her home. But Lochaber women, by their incantations, destroyed those whom he sent. The boat was wrecked and the men lost at the entrance of Lochiel. The next ships that came were not more successful. The third time the king sent out his most powerful fleet. What they did then was to send and try through spells to empty the wells of the fairy hill on Iona. The virtue of these spells was that the wind could be obtained from any desired quarter by emptying the wells in the direction of the wind wished for. When the ships were seen approaching, the women of Lochaber emptied the wells, and before the last handful was flung out, the storm was so violent and the ship so near that the whole fleet was driven on the beach under the fairy hill, and the power and the might of the Norsemen was broken, and so much weakened that they did not return again to infest the land. Thank you for listening to the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every week with more folkloric content from stories to analysis. The podcast is brought to you by Folklore Scotland, the charity that aims to make Scottish folklore accessible using digital platforms, telling the tales of the past with the technology of today. 
If you'd like to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, pop us an email at info at folklorescotland.com and you can find all of our social media as well as a list of sources in the show notes below. The charity also now has a Ko-fi page which you can find in the show notes if you'd like to help us continue the work that we do. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>